0: get ready uh yeah welcome everybody it is the zero check podcast episode four right not three not five four we've got craig richard steve and i'm mike and we're going to be uh talking some awesome albums today uh some questionable albums today some interesting albums today some funny albums today uh no they're all awesome in in their own way in the wrong way so i'm looking forward to hearing what everybody has to say about uh today's uh albums does uh do we have a, a preference of who's gonna go first or should i dive right in
1: yeah go go for it just make it happen I, I
0: i don't think i've gone first yet so i think this is this is exciting this is the listeners are getting excited um so the that album intro. that Huh.
2: <laughs> after that intro i'm excited
0: <laughs>
1: yes, the listeners, you mean us later <laughs>
0: Hi. Um, yeah so the the album that um uh, that i selected for this week um was uh, Eminem's um music to murder by and be murdered by.
3: Be
1: murdered by.
2: I'm just mythological tell a off like
0: a when you twist the top of the bottle. See, that's how I'll I know. I'm tired. You, <laughs> no, don't fix it. This is how the sausage is made. <laughs> keep it keep it alive. Um so I um, was particularly interested in this album for a couple of reasons. Number one, Richard had suggested in one of our chats that I need to reach out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good idea because I'm the kind of guy that has like three or four like bands or musicians that I listen to. And, um, and then I'll just go through all of their albums and I don't really reach out too far. Um,
1: We've already so, done a bare naked ladies album and we've already done an E six album I and mean, yeah we're we're after halfway we every week <laughs> fish what's left.
0: <laughs> we're we're halfway through. We're, uh, well and our then, lady uh, piece and... <laughs> Yeah, right. Fishbone. Wait, fishbone. And then we're gonna have to get into
2: uh the official recording of Rent.
0: Ah uh, yes, we're gonna uh, am I allowed to bring some show tunes or is, is that Eric, is that not allowed? Is coming back? am <laughs> gonna bring Eric in for some show tunes.
1: He made us listen to "Love Never Dies," the sequel to "Phantom of the Opera," oh, and it might that. have been the worst musical I have ever heard in my life.
3: It's oh, pretty I terrible.
1: Like... And he did it like he one week he did "Phantom of the Opera," which is, I mean, everyone knows "Phantom of the Opera" yeah, is good music. Then he followed yeah. up with "Love Never Dies," and it was just like <laughs> destroying our souls. And then he went to Les Misérables
0: okay now that was awesome yeah (laughs) Yeah. that was awesome okay so so um if if eric's not part of this show then i think i may have to fill in the uh the the the, um, show tunes um role so i will i will add some you will do the
1: hamilton soundtrack
0: oh such a good soundtrack
3: no no even better i'll do the hamilton mixtape
0: the hamilton mixtape that they 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 remixed a bunch of the songs got ja rule singing a hamilton song oh boy yeah
4: DMX do
2: you guys do you guys remember that period of time in the uh early two thousands when Ja Rule was in like every movie?
0: Every movie. I'm not <laughs>
1: entirely sure who Ja Rule is.
4: <laughs> he was big in hip hop and
1: then he fell off yeah, the face. He a
0: very very distinctive voice.
2: And in and the, then, his
0: rap rapping career.
2: And and then he was the celebrity representative of Fire Festival.
1: Oh Jesus. That's why I know him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Documentary.
0: okay okay this is the, the you guys I, I didn't even have this on my list but i'm i'm pretty sure that the hamilton mixtape is going to be the album i'm going to suggest for you guys to all listen to hey, okay i mean so that's, sure. it's a good one it's a good one um But yeah, so I I was I was interested in expanding my horizons a little bit, and I've actually been really enjoying listening to rap recently. I've like just listening through streaming services, a lot of throwback rap um, playlists, rap from the '90s, rap from the early 2000s, and uh, and it got me in in, you know going down a little bit of an Eminem uh, hole, and just trying to listen to some of his music. and And I was curious about how he has grown as an artist, and so um, the music to be murdered by um uh, album actually came out in two parts. There's a side B um album that's a completely separate album. Um, and 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 that's got some some really uh, good tunes on it as well. But um this one, as I was listening through it, I was like this this um Eminem's rap skills have have become so refined and so technical and, and so precise that it's it's really a, a pleasure to listen to. Like just watching what he can do. Uh, with his uh, the the way that he speaks and in the rhythms that he uses and his punctuations and um, there are sections where he's going really fast and then all of a sudden he just goes immediately twice as fast and you you can't imagine you know that he could even go any faster and it makes sense and he should be um, an auctioneer yeah <laughs> you know if it doesn't say micro machines it's not the real thing that's, that's right. right just saying um, so yeah so the, this this album um, it has got some collabs on it. Uh, I enjoy the uh, the collaboration he does with uh with Ed Sheeran. I found that an inter- pretty interesting track. Um there's uh one, one of my favorite tracks on the album is um uh I believe it's called The Darkness or just Darkness. Darkness. I told you guys, I'm tired. So <laughs> but yeah, it's called called Darkness and and it's got this really uh really cool sort of storytelling vibe to it. Um uh over top of the Hello Darkness my old friend. Um which which is is super interesting to listen to, and then and then Godzilla is is the like single, uh, by the biggest single on this on this album, and it's just mind blowing how cool it is to listen to. So I I know I'm hyping it up quite a bit. I really enjoyed it, but I'd love to hear what you guys think of uh, of this, or maybe what your experiences are with listening to Eminem in general.
2: I haven't listened to Eminem too much in uh, quite a long time, like since his. Probably early big albums. The what was it? The Marshall Mathers LP and the Mm -hmm. what was the one before that? The Slim Shady LP. Um, Listening to this was really interesting, especially how he's kind of gone and brought more people on to collaborate with, and uh, it brings some more variety to the to the album for sure. Uh, I'll echo what you said, Mike, about his skill as a rapper. He's like the the. He is to like rap as metal is to like playing fast heavy stuff. Mm. This technically, this the pursuit of technical perfection. Mm. You should follow
3: uh, You should
4: try some Tech Nine um, after this, Mike. If you're impressed, te- because Tech Nine from like my cursory knowledge of hip hop has always been the example of like the fast speak, like fast speaking speed rap person. T E C H Number nine and E.
0: Okay,
1: yeah, I just I think, found them. I think he set a record with Godzilla. The rap at the end of that, didn't he? He broke his own yeah. record for number yeah. of syllables per second. Yeah,
0: it's just it's I, just insane how fast they go.
1: <laughs> he. He's technically very good. Like I, I can't, be- and he's perfectly understandable, which is the weirdest part of it. Because mm-hmm. you know, when I think of an auctioneer, when they start getting really fast, who knows what they're saying? Uh, but like, I think he but- was he, he rapping insanely fast, and you can understand what he's saying. <laughs>
0: his voice is still distinctive like you can still recognize oh this is eminem singing like you can you can recognize his voice over other people
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i personally feel like he overdid the collaborations they're just everywhere like Mm. i want to hear i want to hear you i don't want to hear random dudes do do you think when you get to a
0: point in your career though that like you notice a lot of this with like taylor swift did this and like do you get to a point in your career where you're just like I I, I need to just start singing with other people because I I really don't have much else <laughs> left to do by myself or or is I think it just... it's
4: less I think it's less like the number of um, guests on this album and more there were a lot of tracks where the guests do like eighty percent of the song yes that's I think my, that's, that's more think what I'm talking about that's what bothered where he, where, me where he like,
3: where he
0: hops in for a verse
1: yeah yeah and like no bro. <laughs> this is like this he's is just in a one, corner I mean, somewhere and then he just lets like the, the guests carry it and be like yeah
0: uh, not
1: really in it wasn't not here for that that's not what i came for."
0: but then when he does when he does come in he shows how much better he is than the the guests that that you he does know, kind of show them up with. i
1: mean honestly the only you know collaborator i really wanted to hear more from was alfred hitchcock because mm. <laughs> i thought the the, I, I thought the alfred hitchcock interludes were awesome
3: Hmm.
1: I guess um, there was back in the day. There was actually a you know an Alfred Hitchcock "Music to Be Murdered By" album with like some easy listening stuff on it between yeah. the tracks. Like the, the tracks were like easy listening stuff.
3: Hmm.
1: Um. And I, I guess he he was inspired by that. It's pretty neat though. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea and I like the concept of it. I like that he he went for that. I like that um uh that you know, he he kind of had a theme he was going with. I just feel like he he was constantly diverted from it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's too much. You like we didn't need to hear Ed Sheeran singing about bottle service.
0: <laughs> but that's all like, Ed Sharon sings about.
1: <laughs> it, that's he can do that somewhere else. Like I, I really wasn't interested in that in that here. I was, it Just wasn't wasn't what I was here for. Um, I I kind of wish that he had just gone all in on his theme and and basically Mulderloss did it himself, him and Alfred. Like I think that would have been really yeah, awesome.
2: Yeah, but here's the problem: Eminem is almost a fifty year old man, so he's got to get the kids to buy or to listen to the album.
0: Oh, okay. So he's true. got to collab he's, with some people that they would now. recognize. That's why Juice yeah.
1: World on it. I hear you. Like. <laughs> I, I do hear you. It makes sense.
0: Skylar Gray. Young, young MA. That is very true. Eminem is now yeah, a whole bunch of people I've never heard of. Yeah. There, there is a track on the other, uh, the Side B album uh, called Nat, G-N-A-T, mm-hmm. that I recommend you guys check out if you have a chance. It's pretty cool. He's singing about COVID, basically. And, oh. and, uh, and uh, Eminem has been, been pretty outspoken about COVID. And, you know, restrictions and like not in a bad way like i think he's really been pro restrictions and trying to get rid of this thing um but he's also been very anti-donald trump and stuff right so um it's it's also a really technically um fascinating song that you might want to check out
1: uh and the other the other one that was of, you know the, the song that was of note really was darkness mm. which is you know you know it's obviously sound of silence redone right but mm-hmm. Um, songs like that kind of drive me nuts. Like I hear that, and I just want to hear the original. Mm. I have that that you, that thing going on. I kind you, you, of wish
0: he. I mean, American Pie wasn't written by Madonna.
1: No, I mean <laughs> that was Madonna trying to do it straight, which is even worse. Like at least of this, he you know he tried to put his own spin on it, doing his but, own thing. Yeah. At the same time, I, I, I feel like if you're gonna do that, it's like those. What, what was that uh, like uh, when when Puff Daddy did Cashmere?
4: Or cashmere! Yeah, or like all of the Fuji, all of the Fuji songs.
1: Um, except th- I, I hear what you're saying with that, um, mm-hmm. and and honestly, uh, in Killing Me Softly, I could go without one time. Two times, like that, that doesn't really <laughs> feel like it really adds much to the song. Yeah, I'm sorry, Wyclef. <laughs>
4: That's uh, it's a, In in that case, I guess it's less of a direct sample and more it's being, um, like Lauren Hill is singing yeah, the original it. tune. Yeah, yeah, she's covering it, which doesn't make which probably makes it easier to um, accept as new material or a different thing rather than if there's just a direct sample playing underneath. I
1: appreciate people covering. Songs that they find influential or that are meaningful to them, and I appreciate mm-hmm. when they take those songs and they don't do it exactly the same way. They try to add something to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's why something like "Man Who Sold the World" off um, Nirvana unplugged, or you know, "Where Did You Sleep Last Night," the best. The like, there's a lot of covers on that album, but it's it's like they're they're done lovingly. Like they're not they're not slavish, but they're you know
3: mm-hmm.
1: you can tell that the songs were important to them, and you know it kind of shines through in the in the the singing and the you know the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's like that's that's how you have to do a cover like that. Um, and I, I understand like like rap artists generally don't cover things straight because they don't sing right mm. I guess I, unless they're covering another rap song i guess but they, they generally when they they take songs and they sample them or they they you know cut up pieces of them or you know whatever you'd call this darkness here um it's it just i don't know it leaves me a little bit cold at the end of the day
4: so i'm not a hip-hop guy at all basically um and Listening to this, I wanted to make sure I didn't have or try to get away from the usual I think reasons that people who don't who listen to like rock music but not hip hop like their usual complaints about hip hop which is like there's no music underneath and da 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 And I think part of that is still why I don't like hip hop and um I'm really thankful to Richard that you suggested the Deltron album because okay. that provide having those two it's to compare, contrast having yeah, having Deltron to compare against this, um, I think, gave me a lot of perspective in what I like and what I don't, um, or what I, maybe that's not the right way to put it, what I enjoy in music and what I need in music and what um, what does, like, doesn't do it for me. Um, so like the Deltron album is a lot more musical than this one is. Um, there's also I think something we brought up in chat during the past couple of weeks is um I'm really an introverted person so like actively listening and you know paying attention to people or things um exhausts my energy really fast. I had to stop listening to this album like every two or three songs because it was or like maybe three or four songs because there's no music there's only Eminem's ra- um rapping and Actively listening to that with the rate he was going at was just I found really draining that's so Which I don't think
0: so that's, fascinating
4: that's very much a me thing
0: I felt the like same that, way that about song. metal music, yeah, like I had to take pauses in the typo negative I song. feel the same way about both of them <laughs> so it's interesting how how everybody sort of looks at it in a different way, right
4: yeah, and I think that wasn't to say that this is. Like the the other critic, the other like I think this is a very outdated criticism of hip hop in general. Is like oh, it's just not music, and I am not a, not at all saying that. More that I think I realize part of why I might not like hip hop is I don't have the I can't just let it be in the background. Like if someone's talking, I have to listen to them. Like, when you're it's, might...
1: it's probably why you liked Asteroid. There is no listening to them.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, there's. I like. Them. I can listen to the. Yeah, well, and the vocals, except for the choruses in that album, are very much kind of more like it's an aerial, ambient, ambient instrument. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's there. Well, looks like. Listen, Francis is not having a good time going to bed, so I might have to hop off in a sec. But we'll see. Um, so I think that was something interesting that I realized from listening to this. Um, the other thing I think is. Kind I don't like this, or I feel like this is not the greatest criticism, or maybe not a valid criticism of hip hop. But like, or it's something that people say of like a reason people give of why they don't like it is, I can't relate to the subject matter or like where the artist is coming from. And in Eminem's case, I think it's like his bravado and his tone. That's like in every si- almost every single song of like. Sounds very angry. Basically, come yeah, like come fight me. Like I'm gonna prove how much better than you I am. Like over and over again, and Real
1: chip on his shoulder.
4: Yeah, like I can do that for one song, and then I think it gets grating after the third or fourth to me. Of like, okay, I, I get it.
2: I, I think one thing you have to understand about Eminem's history, though, is he comes from battle rap. Like that's where his origin yeah. story comes from is getting up on stage and dissing each other and Movie giving Eight that and mm-hmm. well yeah mm-hmm. exactly and and going with that bravado you have to have that bravado to do that kind of uh rap competition and uh so that's very yeah. much part of what he does yeah it's also it's also in very that. much in uh, if you listen to like sage francis if you we we had him mm-hmm. on the first uh season one of his albums uh life um he comes from that too so you'll find that a lot in his Mm -hmm. songs not so much in that album but on his earlier stuff
4: oh okay yeah so i think like i agree with mike all the all the reasons why you like this like the technical ability and even even his writing and his lyrics like not just the rhyming but the word play and how clever his choice of words are like it's all fantastically written um, I think it gave me clarity as to here are the exact things you might like, things I don't really like, or that don't do it for me in certain types of hip hop.
1: I mean, honestly, I Yeah, at at the end of it, I was I was like, I I was it, this makes me want to listen to some old Eminem before he was kind of a spend force. <laughs> like I like what he was doing here. I I thought his his raps were you know technically quite good um i i enjoyed the theme he was trying to put together but it it just felt it felt like an adam sandler movie of an album you know like let's let's bring in kevin james for one track let's bring in chris rock for one track you know what i mean like it i i felt like
0: i I now want to hear eminem and kevin james rapping an album together (laughs) who doesn't
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, but it makes me want to like maybe maybe listen to some of his early 2000s stuff, like back when you know he kind of mm-hmm. had something to say. <laughs>
0: the, with the real Slim Shady please stand yep. up? <laughs> We're gonna have a problem here. Cool, yeah. Okay. So,
1: well, since we, we've already talked about it, do we want to move on to Deltron? I want to uh, I want to
2: call out one track, oh. and that's Stepdad. Oh. If you want to hear. Hmm. If you if you want to hear a story of a song, that one, mm-hmm. that one was
1: heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than uh, stepdad was pretty big. I mean, I kind of enjoyed Marsh as well. <laughs> yeah, Marsh was fun. The it's, it it's ones that I enjoyed more of the ones where he didn't have anyone with him. Or was sort of yeah.
0: his song.
3: Okay.
0: Let's talk Deltron. Sure, we're on a Deltron
3: next. Futuristic spacecraft,
4: no mistakes, Del- black is our music. We must take that.
2: Yeah, Deltron is a, awesome. sort of a super group that's awesome. It that is awesome. <laughs> Uh, It's a project done by uh, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, uh, Dan the Automator, and also uh, Kid Koala. and uh, It came out in the year 2000. Or 1999, maybe? No, it it was released in 2000. May 23rd, 2000. Yeah. And um, if you're not aware, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien is the cousin of Ice Cube. So he's got uh, that connection and that's kind of how he got into uh or or broke out into the the scene in a big way he had the help of his cousin but he's also very skilled as a rapper and as a lyricist i would say this is a fun album in that i it's a it's sort of a concept album which you don't see too much in rap i mean you could say that that uh, uh Eminem has done a few that are kind of concept, but not in this sense. Like this is a there are characters in it, it is set in the year thirty thirty. I would it's, actually say music uh, be murdered by it's kind of a concept album. Yeah. But not in the same way that it's No, it's, not not like this. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: It's really good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I became a fan of uh of Dell's work couple maybe five six years ago and uh that's when i was introduced to this and i've liked it ever since and i've listened to it regularly um i mean i was a fan of his work through the through the gorillas beforehand but i didn't actually realize that that's who he was um when you hear his voice it's hard to miss (laughs) it is it is so what did you guys think it sounds like you like it
1: oh it's great
2: Danielle you have coined the phrase.
1: Like Thumbs up Danielle... work on a...
2: <laughs>
4: Sorry. No, I was waiting for you to finish. Oh. Um, my wife coined the phrase uh, "hip opera, which I'm sure has been used in other places. But because I see the the Wikipedia for listing is like hip hop space o- or rap opera. Rap opera
1: concept album set in the dystopian year thirty thirty. Hip opera. Credit Danielle Wilson. Oh, it's right there in the genre. Alternative hip hop underground hip hop hip opera all it exists oh, <laughs> a thing
4: yeah, this was fantastic um especially I know we kind of a a little theme that we've picked up on on this season of the show is the importance of opening numbers um the the orchestration on thirty thirty is absolutely perfect to start mm-hmm. this album it makes you feel like. The start of a giant science fiction movie.
1: So good. Uh, yeah. It's
4: so good. and
1: The lyrics are amazing.
2: <laughs> lyrics are amazing.
4: They're
1: is there a, a music video for that for that track?
2: I honestly don't know if there are music videos for any of these tracks.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes you want to watch a music video.
1: I noticed that yeah. Damon Albarn is all over the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Gorillaz crossover. Yeah,
4: I feel I feel like if I there are three main things that I think this album does differently than Eminem that make it make me like it a lot. So there's a lot more musicality underneath the vocals. So not just like bass and maybe one or two other things like you got the orchestration under 3030 and um, lots of other things through the rest of the albums. That's thing. Number one. Number two, the vocals are a bit slower. So they're easier for me to take in, I find. Like it's not as exhausting for me to listen to. Um, and the tone is fantastic in a not, like it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it will also get serious uh, when it needs to. Like, um, oh, was it? I forget if it was Madness or Mastermind where he starts talking about racism and oppression Um, but that you find that that crops up a few times over the course of the album in bringing in contemporary social issues to the like futuristic setting. In between, like you know, nerd mentions from like or shoutouts to nerd pop culture things.
1: There's a lot of Canadiana on here.
4: Yep there's like a Bob Mackenzie and there's, there's yeah, a reference there's a to a strange brew. Movie.
1: And th- that's, that's done by the friggin' lead singer of the crash test dummies.
4: Oh really? He's on this album.
1: Yeah. In national movie review. That's the guy from crash test dummies.
4: Oh my gosh. It is mm-hmm. Brad Roberts. Oh
3: my
1: God. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and like there's Sean Lennon shows up later on the album. And there's lots of Damon Albarn. I like, it's,
4: that random. And, I, think and, and and a <laughs> I think we discussed And a
0: five-year-old Ed
1: Sheeran.
4: I think we discussed this in chat. Bottle
1: service, uh, like baby bottle.
4: <laughs> the Canadiana has to be from Kid Koala.
1: Yeah, there's a St. Catherine Street yep. chunk on there. That's the that's the main drag in Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like it's, but it's it's so good. Like it's so catchy. Like yeah. Um. Like I heard the first time I heard virus, I couldn't get that out of my head for, I don't know, like days. It just kept going through it and rhyming like virus with papyrus. That was the, that was the greatest thing ever. It was just so good.
0: And something uh, about, like, there's something about oh, yeah. finding an album that you've never, like for me anyway, I've never heard of this band before. I've never heard of them at all before. Never heard the album before. And now it's going to be part of the rotation. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be one of the, the albums, you know, <laughs> And that's, that's awesome to be able to be like, I, I would never have heard this without this show. And, and, and now this is one of my favorite albums to listen to. It's, it's awesome.
1: It's so good. And it does tell a story. Like, it's the, mm. the concept is strong through the whole album.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what about the rest of the Deltron stuff, Richard? Do you recommend it? Or, like,
2: beyond like the 3030 album? album? Yeah, there's only the one other feature length album. And that's. Um... What's the name of it? Event two? Event two. I I would say it, it is quite good. I wouldn't say it's as good, but it's quite good and it's worth listening to.
0: Yeah, because it's thir- thirteen years later, so I wonder if they had yeah. developed in their it's, style. it's
1: also hard to um uh like it's a thing. Like thirty thirty is a, like it's it's like a kind of a self contained story that they're telling beginning to end. It's kinda of hard to follow up on that.
4: Yeah, it's, so a, like, it's like a project. It's not really a band. it's am more... just look,
1: looking at the next one. I'm sorry. Joseph Gordon Levitt shows up on there. David Cross and Amber Tamblin. Zach De La Roca. Who's Uh Lonely Island. Whoa. yeah Damon Albarn again. uh <laughs> Mike on, uh, Patton both. from uh, Faith No More.
4: Whoa, that is, yeah. Mike Patton is from Faith No More. And like a million other bands.
1: Yeah, that's one I, I really know. <laughs>
2: yeah there's a lot more um there's a lot more collaborative stuff in the in the second one like it's almost all collaborations um but it's good i would say give it a listen it's um i mean i would keep going back to the first album but it's worth listening to
4: oh positive contact got some video game appearances that's cool that's
0: cool that was probably my favorite track um next to Thirty
1: Thirty. yeah that's a good one it was I, a good I, one as uh, the, the, the positive contact was it was just so much louder than the rest of the track that it kind of bugged me yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thought it was interesting too that the last few tracks were sort of like remixes of positive con contact and and turbulence bonus like just, tracks you know throwing in some bonus tracks there which you don't typically get so much of anymore you, ever, you ever remember those think... those albums where like you would listen to the last track and then there'd be like 30, 30 seconds of silence or a minute of silence and then some bonus track would come in that wasn't oh, yeah. right there? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Relic of the physical media age.
0: <laughs> or, or did why is you ever last... listen
4: to...
2: Sorry, go ahead, Richard. Do you ever listen to um, Tool's Enema? Where there's, I don't know, 40-some-odd blank... Five second tracks, and then track sixty nine is the hidden track,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that mess, yeah that's
0: back when when they could have fun with with that kind of stuff. <laughs> it doesn't work as well yeah. on streaming services anymore,
1: yeah cool. marrying it so far, but sometimes you really, really, really had to wait for it too. <laughs>
4: Yeah, like yeah. going going through all the tracks on a CD on a CD player and being like, why is the last song 45 minutes? It's four <laughs> minutes, then 35 minutes, then another four yeah. minutes of actual, <laughs> like, hidden nonsense. Exactly.
1: And generally <laughs> yes. it was nonsense, except for um, on Dookie. All by myself? Mm-hmm. Yes. was <laughs> <I'm laughs> no one but me.
0: Did you, did, you guys do, did you guys do dookie as a as a no one of we not no i don't have done any green day, day i don't think no
4: green day oh my goodness Just Another like funny omission.
1: i feel like we did one of their later albums didn't like
0: we? american idiot or something like that i don't
1: think we did anything of theirs let me let me look up the magical sheet that says what we have and have not done but i was pretty sure that we hadn't touched green day control i got
0: to reach out to the fan base the, the
1: the zero yeah, check army. I,
2: I could I'm I could definitely be mistaken. But Yeah, maybe we didn't.
1: Maybe we didn't. Well that's it's fun to remember. It's it mm-hmm. a, yeah. I do like Green Day. Mm-hmm. I we've talked about them. I've I've always I always throw it insomniac because i I'm a contrary bastard.
4: Insomniac and um on the ombre are interesting an interesting pair of both bands doing having the same response to their breakthrough albums.
0: Whoa, Del- Deltron 3030 has an instrumental album.
2: Okay. Yeah. If you want to listen to it as just background music without the without the <laughs> rapping,
0: you can do like so. If- Getting some work done or whatever. <laughs> but on just the, the instrumental tracks. That's that's impressive. hmm Yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick a track from this one, I think it would be um uh positive contact. I think that's the one that stuck with me the most. Even though thirty thirty was was a lot of fun to listen to. Um I went back to positive contact a few times.
4: I will go to bat for thirty thirty. Perfect opening track, perfect like stage setting for a concept album start of the movie
1: i'll keep heading back yeah. to virus Yes, rhymes with papyrus oh god
0: <laughs> I,
1: I richard i don't want to pick
2: just one you want you don't want to pick a favorite I'll which of your madness. kids
0: is your favorite
2: <laughs> i'll go i'll go with madness if you're making me
0: <laughs> okay cool
2: All right. That was Deltron.
1: Okay. A universal. So awesome. we've got two more. We've got our typo negative. We've got the refreshments. What do we want to hit next?
4: I'm going to do typo negative.
1: Sure. Go next. No closer.
4: I love you, Peter Steele, and your baritone vocals. Um, Yes, so I suggested Typo Negative's 1996 album, October Rust. Um, Typo Negative were a goth metal band from Brooklyn, New York. Um, This is their fourth album. Uh, They Uh, broke through. Really,
1: Brooklyn? I thought they were like from the deep woods of Romania.
4: I still, I sort of get the Romania like comparison you're making with Peter Steele's ruled R.
1: He's putting on a a weird accent, like he's trying to sound like Dracula. (laughs) It is, it is goth metal, Steve. Come on. It's not okay. Uh,
4: The intersection of the Venn diagram for like goth metal and wanting to be a vampire is almost a complete overlap.
2: Yeah.
4: Yep. Anywho, so um typo negative broke out the album before this bloody kisses um two songs from that got on mtv and i think even beavis and butthead uh christian woman mm-hmm. and, black, and black number one black number one is an awesome song because it's a goth oh. band making oh. fun of goths oh. um so definitely check that song out um i chose this album because i think it's the best representation of his, if you ask someone who is familiar or heard of typo negative what do you think they sound like this is probably what they think they's what people think they sound like slower songs lots of songs about like sex um some songs about like death and people dying and some other songs of like you know this or that um paganism pardon paganism
1: paganism be yeah, my druidess yeah, yeah. <laughs> cinnamon girl green,
2: green yeah. man in praise of bacchus nature yeah, it's yeah. so much pagan crap <laughs> yep.
4: And, yeah, one of the defining things of um, Typo Negative was their lead singer Peter Steele, who was six feet nine inches tall and was pretty cut. He was a large, large man. Um, one of his like gimmicky things to do would be to take a double bass, so like an upright bass, and play it like a normal bass guitar because he was that. Because <laughs> he's
0: big enough to do that.
4: <laughs> he's big enough to do that. So in the video for Black Number no. One, he does that, and you can see like what it looks on him. Um, and also his like super deep baritone voice Um, but he worked for a while with the um, New York Parks and Recreation Service so a lot of his like Love of Nature and stuff from that comes from that experience. Um, This isn't necessarily Type One Negative's easiest album to get into if you're looking for a Gateway album I would suggest the one two after this which is Life is Killing Me which um, has more standard structure. (laughs) Steve can be the look like what? (laughs) Well, so after October Rust, we have World Coming Down, which I would say is the most depressing album, because that's all about like various drug addictions and how everyone in Peter Stee- Steele's life is dying. Then you get Life is Killing Me and Dead Again. and that's Ted Again came out in 2007, and that was their last album as Peter Steele died in 2010 from his, the effects of his years of drug abuse on
0: his body. So just as a quick side note, I'm, I'm just taking a look at a picture of him playing the double bass, like just holding it. <laughs> and, and there's a there's a YouTube comment that says, I love how Peter holds that huge cello like it's a simple guitar. And then there's 55 comments underneath it going, hey, idiot, it's a double bass. <laughs> right, uh, you. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just those things are heavy. <laughs> like an actual double bass is a heavy instrument. Wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just thought that That's was really okay. interesting. I do,
4: I do. That is like hundred percent on point for the internet for someone to get a, an instrument wrong, and yeah. everyone to <laughs> pile on them and be like, "Oh yeah, you moron! I mean. How did you not know that?"
3: <laughs>
4: Anywho, um, this was also my first. So this was Mike's first exposure to the band and this is one of those i saw it on much music's loud bands for me um i saw the video for love you to death and thought it was really cool um i think i'll save my loud tangent for another time explaining what that is because i know i've rambled off for the album for a while already what did you guys think
1: it was it was different than i expected um i i don't really know i was expecting something heavier it wasn't as heavy as I expected. Mm. Um, it, yeah, this vocals... is. Kind of... Sorry, go ahead.
4: Sorry, this is kind of also their lightest album, I would say. Before yeah. this and after this are definitely like heavier, more black Sabbath-y, sludgier than this.
1: that's is. kind of what I was expecting. And what I got here was more. It was very slow. Um, it was it was very melodic, but not particularly happy. Uh, his vocals were absolutely absurd. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: Sometimes he was fine. Like, sometimes he was singing and it sounded okay. It's, when he went down here and he pretended that he was drinking blood. Like, that, you know, that was, that wasn't really doing it for me.
0: That's fair. I always find Um, that that kind of stuff funny, like, you know, like how, how he would, like, share his music with, like, his grandmother or something. So want you to hear the song I wrote about Satan
1: death. No, it's, it, it's more pagan gods rather than. Same.
4: Here's a song so I, wrote I about having, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike.
0: No, no you're, you're, you're already talking. Go ahead. Here's the song I wrote about having a threesome
4: with my girlfriend's
0: girlfriend. Yes, <laughs>
1: that was uh that was an interesting song. It was one of the shorter ones.
0: So I, um, so I I, w- I wanted to to do sort of what Steve does with this one. I wanted to give it its due. I wanted to listen to it a few times because the first time I listened to it, I really didn't like it. Um, but I You'll I for I, that I, not to change. <laughs> so I was listening through it again a second time, and you know for what it was being a s- slow my exposure to sort of slow metal. Which, um, which is a stark contrast to our previous episode where I, I listened to, or was it the episode before that, where I listened to like crazy fast metal, like ridiculously fast metal. Um, so it, it was really cool, like seeing them slow it down and, and, and sort of ex, ex, you know, expose it that way. Um, I, I'm, I'm not into all the gothy stuff i think that's what an
1: entire world on its own there's so much of it yeah like you you can barely even lump it together it's not even fair to lump it together sometimes (laughs) yeah
0: like for me i think that's what that's what sort of turned me off from it was the gothy stuff like the uh like how how dark and, and brooding everything was um you know, my my favorite track on the album was was probably Love You to Death. Um, I think that's probably the the biggest track on the album, like in terms of it, like the most popular, would that be fair to say there's the most popular one on that album? I think so. It's,
1: it's probably also the best. Yeah, I like think, I, I think the, the most popular track on that album, like in a general sense, would be Cinnamon Girl, mm-hmm. but it's because of Neil Young. OK
0: the the album started very interestingly and it kind of threw me off i i, I have this weird thing or i'm listening to albums at work <laughs> and and i put on this one uh and 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 it has this weird intro at the beginning and then and then the guys come in and they're like hey we're just screwing around oh yeah
1: that's a good point that they, they they do have that that static track where they're trying to make you think <laughs> your your device is malfunctioning yeah
0: i'm like what the hell i look, look down on it it's playing are my airpods connected what's going on exactly. and uh, it still works i mean at least they're having a little bit of fun with that um but I, i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like that that like i i'm not gonna say this is a bad album uh i'm 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 more that this is not for me that's that's what that's like after listening through it a few times uh, it's not for me, but I do appreciate the the exposure to the different styles of of music, of metal especially.
1: I, I basically I take the um, the view that it's not right of me to shit all over an album unless I've listened to it three times mm. at least. So uh, so know that when I start shitting all over albums on this show, I've listened to them a number of times, and sometimes. <laughs> the album gets worse and worse as I listen to it. And sometimes like in the case of this, um it, it gets less and less awful. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you're, I you're like a,
0: Simon, you're like Simon on, uh, <laughs> uh, what's that? Uh, uh America's got talent American, or whatever.
1: <laughs> American idol. American idol. I, um, no, I, I, what do I want to say about this? Well, the first couple of times I listened to it, I listened to it on the car stereo because I was going here, there, and everywhere, and I had you know had some time. So I, I threw on the album and I listened to it. I feel, and then the third time I listened to it, I listened to it with headphones. And I feel like listening to it with headphones really made it a better experience. Um, I feel like all of the, Bad parts of it were exaggerated by by being played on a car stereo, and by playing it on the headphones, it, it kind of everything came into a little bit of a better balance. Um, like the lyrics felt less ridiculous through the headphones than they did on the car stereo, um, and there was a number of songs where I felt like they weren't too egregious. There were some songs where they were always egregious and terrible um but i don't i i don't know i i just i i obviously they're not writing this music and performing this music for me because it's not the music that i particular like i did not particularly enjoy it um but at the same time i don't think you have to be stupid to like
0: it. are are you, are you going to put that on the box is is that like a <laughs>
1: You don't have, to be, have to
0: be stupid to like it. it. <laughs>
4: this reminds me of something Richard said to me a long time ago, which I'll paraphrase to kind of get to the underlying meaning. I think. And Richard, I'm you can correct me, to me of, what I said. I think a long time ago you told me that your observation was that in school, the metalheads were either like the really low academic achievers. Or the really high academic achievers, you didn't find like metal kids in the middle, like the B or C students. They were either like the kids barely passing or failing, or the kids that were super smart or appeared were like doing really well. You you worded it differently, but I remember you saying a, like I've always remembered you
2: saying that to me. It was an interesting
4: observation.
2: That that, that sounds like something. 20 something me would have said yeah Uh,
0: (laughs) amazing (laughs) so it's 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 interesting that 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 the point was you don't have to be stupid to like it i actually felt i felt the opposite i felt like maybe i wasn't smart enough or I wasn't familiar enough with that genre to like it maybe i wasn't like to to, to dumb it down to say maybe i wasn't smart enough to like it (laughs) do you know what i mean like i was missing something I think it you also have
1: it to... wasn't swinging for your intelligence like it wasn't trying to it wasn't trying to evoke your cerebral side
4: this mm. is this is like vibe music if you don't if, you, if you're not along with the vibe then it's not going to connect with you and so part of that like can come with like just ex repeated exposure over time but mm. you know
1: I feel like that's the kind of music they should have been playing at the velvet underground
4: oh like this yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, in
1: Rick's mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, people dress like vampires and go, go there to, to to hook up. Uh, yeah.
0: R- Richard, I just saw your cat so, jump into this. into the picture.
1: Yeah,
2: she just got into her bed. Anyway, she she, she had the things to say. The, show.
0: The, the cat had things to say about typo negative.
2: <laughs> I've been making her listen to it recently. <laughs> um, I've got some things to say about typo negative though. Um. So in general, I find there's something that speaks to me or appeals to me about goth music in general. I enjoy it. I wouldn't classify myself as anyone who has ever um, identified as a goth, although I have gone to a goth club with uh, black nail polish on. So maybe I do. (laughs) Last weekend. (laughs) This was a while ago, but (laughs) but yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I've been to a couple of goth clubs, but I wore t-shirts and jeans.
2: Yeah. I think that um there's a certain tongue-in-cheekness to it but I think it's uh the the way they started this album is like they're going for like typo negatives kind of like an art they're like they're trying to be an art house band but they're kind of missing it just a little bit. <laughs> uh which is kind of whether it's intentional or not I have no idea and it kind of makes me laugh. Um I like the combination of heavy and slow uh, more so on their other work than this album but uh this album is generally easy to just throw on and have in the background i'll give it that um i don't know i don't have super strong feelings about this album i like it i don't love it i don't know what else to say i appreciate it for what it is what typo do you like better uh, Do you
4: like even slower can't... and even more depressing or like a bit faster and more? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes, because it's so different than everything else in metal. Just mm-hmm. how slow, how heavy and how depressing it is. You got to double sure. down on what, you, what makes you <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that I identify with the lyrics or anything. It's just that I appreciate what they're going for.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And then Indeed, Peter Steele found found Christianity and got really weird on the last album. Oh, Ooh. there's like a uh-huh. pro-abortion if, song. If only and... he found
1: it before he he got his diverticulitis. What? Like if only he he'd found Christianity before he killed him his body so badly that he got diverticulitis. Yep. Poor guy. A
4: weird end to a career. Something I mean, else I've been doing. I'm... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve.
1: No, go ahead.
4: Something else I've been doing in general since we restarted the show is looking at Genius, like genius.com, for lyrics and song um, explanations and stuff um, while listening to all the albums. I did not know Wolf Moon is about what it's actually about, which is not just being a werewolf, but performing oral sex on a woman who's menstruating. That's an analogy. Is I it really? Looking... Yep. On the 28th day,
2: she'll be bleeding again.
4: Well, there you go. Addiction. There's addiction. Um, I'm prepared for that.
2: Lord. There, there's a Toronto comedian that I follow on Instagram who shared a post about that recently. About. Uh, about the uh, Conolingus on of woman who's menstruating.
3: Oh.
0: Okay, then.
1: <laughs> well, there, there you go. What do you call it? Getting your red wings? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's angel's thing, isn't it? Um no no take up on that. It's uh it's a thing. Yeah, Look it up. You're <laughs> like, on. is this thing on?
4: Is this thing yeah. on? The giant the giant cane is coming from stage left <laughs> and is ready to pull all of us off.
1: Look it up. <laughs>
4: all right. Give this a give this a shot, folks, if you're in the if you're in the mood for a different kind of metal, I would say. And Nasticism.
1: with that...
4: I like it. With that, it's on to Stephen for our final selection of the episode.
1: Not masochism at all. The refreshments, fizzy, fuzzy, big and buzzy.
3: Now the the refreshments, um, they.
1: They weren't together for a terribly long time, and they didn't put out an awful lot of music. But they were together in the in the glorious year of 1996 when they put out "Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy." Um, that they, they were. are.
2: Uh, sorry. That they were. They were together. That for this. they were.
1: <laughs> they um they're they're from uh, Tempe, Arizona, along with, in a scene along with uh, the Gin Blossoms and some other. Bands that came from the same place around the same time. Uh, I think last episode or, or at some point in time, Craig called them Tex-Mex, um, which is fair. I mean, they they do have the southern border influenced, you know, uh, easy rock, melodic, you know, uh, storytelling sort of thing going for them. Um, there's one. There, there's two singles off the album. One of which was quite big. Banditos. Um, it's a song about you know getting a fake ID with John Luke Picard on it and going down to Mexico and stealing some
0: stuff. <laughs> love, love that. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> it's uh, that that was. And I think that, that was a big song. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're still they're still eating off that song. Like I can't imagine that they've. Like most of the royalties of anything they've ever done are probably from that particular song. Um, the King of the Hill um, opening theme. Yes, that's a good point. They did do the King of the Hill opening theme. That probably got Oh, that money. was them? Yes. Yep.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
4: But, um, and I might steal some of your thunder, Steve, but in reading up on the history of the band, there's a note on their Wikipedia entry about how, their lead guitarist pawned the songwriting, like the publishing rights for their entire catalog at some point for like an absurdly low amount of money. Probably because he was into drugs and needed okay. drug money. Yeah. That's so I, doing. yeah, I do not know what the royalty situation is for the refreshments. It could well, be. He's so he are...
1: obviously not getting anything, but they must have all had a share.
4: Yeah. 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 The, King the, the King of the Hill um, theme, that was massive too
3: yeah
1: wow. they they had their moment in the sun and um i I've always found there like this is one of my like go to easy listening sort of albums it's it's catchy it's it's easy to listen to its uh it's it tells a good story um the song is it was it was, it was
0: funny there were some genuinely funny parts
1: yeah they they have legitimately funny like uh, european swallow'
0: That's a tremendous
1: <laughs> song I don't think much of your girlfriend
4: it's <laughs> hey, my boy what do you think about that
1: <laughs> exactly I didn't change much I still don't think much of your girlfriend oh it's yeah no I've this, honestly this is this is for since I've been it since I was a teenager this has been one of my uh, favorite go-to albums not for you know anything serious or deep but just just for a fun listen how did you mm. all feel about it
2: I would agree with you there, Steve. It is a fun listen. It's catchy. It's,
1: it's. I
2: don't have anything. I don't. I. Don't, I can't imagine anyone saying anything bad about this album. But if somebody said this was like their favorite album, I'd be like, Ah, there's better stuff out there. But it's fun. It is definitely you need worth to listen to more to. music.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: think exactly. It's just like
2: a <laughs> yeah. It's like a good,
4: good burrito in album form. Nice yeah. comfort food.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy.
4: <laughs> now I want a burrito.
0: <laughs> I had fun listening to this album. Like uh, another example of a of a band I'm I'm unfamiliar with, but I mean obviously I'm familiar with the King of the Hill theme, so that's pretty cool. You hadn't heard Banditos before. Um, I'm just just listening to it. I had a smile on my face for several of the tracks, and and you know it's the kind of thing that you can just go back to. I felt like I was able to, you know, I think I was doing some housework at the time I was listening to it on my headphones, and. And it was fine. It was having a good time listening to it.
2: A good road trip album. It's good. It's a good lots um, of things album.
1: But yeah. again, it's not going to blow you away. But it's you're going to enjoy it. There's there's a couple of moments on the album that I really appreciate. Like I really like Mekong. I think that's a great mm-hmm. song. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, down together and uh, and and banditos are really good. Um, you know, um.
4: The chorus of interstate is phenomenal
1: it is a super they good almost, eh?
4: they almost run it into the ground yeah. but they hit that they hit that sweet spot of like repeating it just enough so you get that maximum satisfaction
1: even say so like Mexico I, think- I feel like another song about Mexico like they they know exactly what they're doing <laughs> yeah
0: well it's also um
4: up. the notes about um, Roger Klein the lead singer said say that um, he spent a lot, he did a lot of trips in Mexico and he did like this, we not weird, but I forget at what level of schooling, but he basically did an excursion to Mexico following a mariachi band around for a, like a week and he bought their food and their beer and stuff and he would just talk to them about what they did and get, that, you know, get an understanding about that aspect of Mexican musical culture, um, which is cool that it i think it lends a legitimacy to the band like them talking them having that influence in their songs that it's not like it's not from a place of ignorance it's hey no i actually went down there and i talked to these people and you know i have an exposure to at least like the border towns in arizona further reaffirming my label of them as tex-mex rock um I have two like super nitpicky complaints about this album. One is the production. Yeah, the production can be weird and the rhythm guitar like Roger Klein's guitar just disappears a lot of the time or the lead guitar just overpowers it. So that's all you hear. Um, That's super nitpicky. And the other one is like all the guitar solos are really similar melodically, like the same melodic phrases are repeated in basically every guitar solo. Um, and it becomes super noticeable after like the second or third time. Um, but other hey, than that. Hey, like,
0: check out a... this cool thing I can do on guitar. <laughs> I'm going to do it in every song.
4: <laughs> hey man, do you know anything than the major pentatonic sale? No. All right, well, we don't have anyone else. You can stay. <laughs> um, I think this is another album that adult me appreciates a lot more than teenage me did. Because I also own this album. A long time and then sold it probably because I ran out of space on my like CD rack, and so it had to go. Um, but yeah, I th- adult me definitely appreciates this a lot more than younger me did at the time. But I think because of like paying attention to the songwriting and the or the the storytelling and the lyrics, and how many of the songs just tell a like a continuous story. It's
1: what it's all about. Story like, that's, it, that's what the album, like, if, if you're in it for the the, the the tall tales of somebody who's having a pretty bad life mm-hmm.
4: and spending what was it like 5.95 for a stone cold meal
1: 5.99
4: 5.99 yeah somewhere a couple
1: around of that in the seat. <laughs> was it
4: <laughs> I also um I had never <laughs> I never heard the second album um, the Bottle and Fresh Horses before, except for the one single, Goodyear. And I started listening to that, and I, it was also good. I don't think it has, like, the character or the variety that this has, but it was still pretty solid, so I'd recommend it. I think it's worth a listen to. I haven't checked out anything of um, Roger Klein's solo solo band that he started after this. But from what I read, I think it's probably... A little bit different it sounds like it's more country than this is so i'd be curious to give that a listen
1: do it Listen us hooker the refreshments yeah yeah do it they're good they're a lot of fun yeah the,
2: mm. the album the follow-up album was good as well <laughs> i haven't this actually listened better. to the bottle of fresh horses yeah i feel this... bad
4: because um oh sorry go ahead richard
2: yeah, this is it, it, this is better, but the other one, "Bottle and Fresh Horses," is good too. Especially in the like age of streaming, up... where, where in the age of streaming, where you can just listen to it, like just do it. Yeah,
1: yeah, just throw it on. Very mm-hmm. good. Buy entry it or anything. Or pirate.
4: I feel it. bad for them. It's, I think um, the Wiki Notes are complete truth source of information. Um, said that. Um, their record label kind of screwed them over um, on the second after album, the first yeah. album. Yeah, where they were supposed to go on, a, on an Australian tour.
1: But it wasn't selling very was well, like, so they basically just stepped on them.
4: Yeah, they were like, nope, you're not doing that. Get back in the studio. We need more material. So,
1: I mean, the, possibly right. The, the second album came out, like, the next year. Like, they were, like, yeah. back to back. It was
4: a s- super short turnaround time.
1: Okay, so... Now that we're we're through with that, let's talk about what we would like to discuss next time. Anything, anything you've been listening to that you really wanna you want to bring to everyone's attention? Anything that uh, is near and dear to your heart that you you feel needs more attention? Or
2: I would like to I... up. I think there's a bit of a delay. We keep kind of talking over each other.
1: We do, but anyway.
2: Um, I would like to bring up Corey Wong and his latest album that just came out a couple of weeks ago, "Power Station." This you're, is the funk, gonna right? Yeah, you're going to get funked up.
0: Okay. Like a And, bit and when you go
2: when you go into uh, whatever you're using to stream it, uh, and you look at his discography, you will see a ridiculous amount of music that he has released since nineteen, not nineteen. Since two thousand seventeen, like this guy puts out music like mad, <laughs> and he does collaborations and does touring with um, uh, a bunch of other bands too. So, so he's kind he's of busy. like the bucket head of funk. Yeah, maybe that's that's <laughs> probably reasonable.
1: Okay, there's one. I think I am. I, gonna, oh sorry go ahead Steven. If we we do we, if we definitely have a delay cuz we're certainly talking over each other. Um I was I was originally I was going to choose Arcade Fire We the the new one that had come out this week. But then I I was just like we never did Funeral. And it is an absolute crime to do We before we do Funeral. So I'm going to choose Arcade Fire Funeral.
0: Ooh. Okay. I'm going to go
4: next. No talking over each other. Awesome. Um, I am going to get a sort of left field pick for me out of the way because I have an idea for a little series that I want to do after. I'm going to say Blue Man Group's The Complex.
1: Oh my God, you're actually there. doing Blue Man Group.
4: I talked about doing Blue Man Group in our like original?
1: You're always talking about Blue Man Group. Blue Man Group is awesome. <laughs> That's why. I'm
4: finally doing Blue Man Group.
1: Wow. All
2: right. Finally getting it out of the way.
4: Prepare for a blast from the past when you see the uh, collaborations on that album. I just blew myself.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, guys. So, so yeah, like what we talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, I'm going to recommend the Hamilton mixtape. So we're going to listen to that. A little bit of show tunes, but it's actually show tunes sort of recorded by sort of contemporary artists like taking what would have been a broad, from the Broadway show and, and, and making it their own. All right, well, thanks for listening. Uh, join us next time as we go down another exciting, magical road of music craziness. Uh, thank you to Steve and Craig and Richard. I'm Mike. I hope that
3: uh, you guys listen to lots of music and we'll see you next time.